0: Sources inside sources, Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome everyone to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, we got a lot of ground to cover on the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we actually try to help you slow th- things down, help you divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense today. And man, there is a lot of it. Uh, we've got everything going on from big time presidential debate tonight. We have uh Justice Amy Coney Barrett making her way around Capitol Hill connecting with a few of the senators there that will uh decide her fate ultimately as they cast votes on the floor of the Senate we'll break that down as we move forward we've also got a, a gubernatorial debate tonight right here in the great state of Utah so we'll take a look at that uh as we move through the day today as always we want you to help us elevate the conversation you can do that on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line 57500, 5, 0, 0. again, 57500, 5, 0, 0. Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line, uh, only when it's safe. Uh, help us elevate that conversation today. So, as I mentioned, uh, looking at the day today, uh, there is a, a big focus on uh, Amy Coney Barrett and her nomination to the Supreme Court of the United States to fill the seat that was uh, vacated on the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, we were actually just out talking in the newsroom, uh, just some of the reflections still coming around as it relates to Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her unique role in our history as a country. And I think uh, her legacy will uh, last uh, for decades to come. And her impact on the court, her impact on the country, and many of the uh, glass ceilings that she smashed through, and uh, the way she led, uh, her reverence for disagreement, her reverence for those who disagreed with her. And I think that's still an important thing. And I think, uh, interestingly, uh, Judge Amy Coney Barrett uh, seems to possess some of those same things in terms of an ability to connect with people, especially people who disagree with her. And that's going to be on display, I think, over the next few days. And as we get into hearings, which won't happen until about October 10th, I believe. So we've got a couple of weeks uh, that she will make the rounds and be uh, shepherded through that uh, process there on Capitol Hill. It is grueling. It is brutal. She has been through this before, not to quite this degree. Uh, the, the temperature will be a little hotter, but she's done this. She knows how to make the rounds. She knows how to make those connections. Uh, she's gone through a lot of the background checks and FBI things that uh, nominees have to go through. Uh, so that will continue as well. So uh, let's start just uh, as she got to Capitol Hill today. She was greeted there by Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and also the Vice President. The Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said this. We're pleased today to welcome Judge Barrett uh, to begin the process of advising and consent in the Senate. Uh, and he was followed by uh, the Vice President, Mike Pence, uh, who was among those. Uh, there's, there's sort of this group that becomes the the Sherpas for these nominees to the Supreme Court. So we'll watch that. But uh, here's what the Vice President had to say. We urge uh, our Democrat colleagues in the Senate uh, to take the opportunity uh, to meet with Judge Barrett. And as the hearing goes forward, uh, to provide the kind of respectful Uh, hearing uh, that the American people expect. In Judge uh, Amy Coney Barrett, uh, we have someone of great character, of great intellect, uh, who has a judicial philosophy that will uh, uphold the Constitution of the United States. And, of course, the focus should be on the judicial branch, the third branch of government. Uh, We have to remember these are all separate, equal, should be balanced, and, sadly, We've sort of turned them all political, uh, and that leads us to the politics of it all. Your voice, your vote. The presidential debates. In-depth coverage on KSL News Radio. Well, there will clearly be a lot of discussion at the debate this evening. There is a segment uh, designated to talk about the Supreme Court of the United States. So, surely, Amy Coney Barrett will be on uh, on tap for tonight as part of the debate. Uh, again, the debate uh, begins at seven o'clock local time here in Utah. Moderator is Chris Wallace from Fox News. He is the lone moderator in the room, so I think that will make it a little easier, a little more focused. Will allow him to move through follow-up questions. Which, when they've done these panels, the last two cycles, where they've had three or four uh, different journalists and and media members uh, on a panel, and then they usually add a few more who are remote, all asking question. What, what that does is it limits the real questions from getting asked because the real questions are not the first questions. We already know what the answers to the first questions are. The real questions, as always, come in the follow-up. Can you ask a second-level question, which Chris Wallace is uh, a pro's pro at, and so he will actually have the opportunity to do that tonight. And so I think this is this is important in a couple of ways. One, it will force the candidates to get beyond just the talking points and the things they've memorized. If you listen to Dave and Debbie this morning, uh, there's a lot of this stuff that they've gone over so many times. They've said over and over and over, we have mountains of paperwork on it. We have websites that are filled with it. We have a, a host of clips of audio and video and interviews they've done uh, that have, they've said the same thing. And so the question is, is, can either of these candidates get to a second-level question or a third-level question? And will Mike Wallace be willing to ask fewer questions in terms of topics to get deeper into how these gentlemen think, how they make decisions, and how they will govern? Uh, and I think that's an important space for uh, us to get in if we're going to make a decision as an electorate. Uh, before we cast those votes, we should really know not just what the talking points are, not just what the bullet list is, not what the brochure says or the pithy little 30-second video says. We need to know how they think, what principles guide their thinking and decision making, uh, and then we can take it forward from there. Uh, You may have noticed uh, over the weekend there was an interesting uh, opinion piece in the Washington Post uh, by Jackson Deal. And the title struck me It was, Joe Biden doesn't have a perfect foreign policy record, but unlike, unlike Trump, he's learned from his mistakes. Now, that's an interesting headline for the piece. But to me, the most interesting thing in the piece is that he proceeds to go through all of the times when, to his words, Joe Biden was on the wrong side of history. But then he makes this really interesting pivot, says, but he has learned from his mistakes, something that President Trump hasn't done. So that's an interesting argument right there uh, because it sort of flies in the face of he doesn't have a good record on this. He's been on the wrong side of history of this over and over again, and he's learned from it. If you're doing the same thing, you you haven't quite learned. Uh, and that's not what I'm really interested in debating. What I'm really interested in is, okay, If that's the case, how did he make those decisions? Because the process matters. And if you have someone that follows a certain process, you are going to get a certain result. And so when it comes to foreign relationships, when it comes to foreign policy, if you follow a certain set of principles and you have a decision-making process around those principles, you can can tell where those decisions are going to go. And so if you're criticizing and saying that Joe Biden has been on the wrong side of history when it comes to Osama bin Laden or it comes to the surge in 2007 and some of those kinds of things, if you're going to criticize that, then you really have to take one step back and say, well, what what was the process that led him to get that wrong and to get that wrong and to get that wrong? And then will that change? has he learned from that? That's a better question. Uh, and the same can be said of President Trump, by the way. You can say, okay, well, if he made this mistake or he made this mistake as it relates to COVID nineteen or relations, you know, with uh, North Korea, whatever. Pick your topic. The thing that I want to know is how do they approach? How do they approach the problem? What's the process and what are the principles that guide them in that? And if you can get there, that that will give you some insight. And so I hope Chris Wallace really pushes in that space. Uh, if he does, we're going to get a really clear sense. Uh, one of our texters just says it's uh, it's almost like being in the room where it happened, which is pretty good. <laughs> but even more than that, we're watching. We're going to continue to watch uh, Amy Coney Barrett as she makes her way around Capitol Hill. A lot of eyes on her. And, of course, all eyes will be on both the gubernatorial debate and the debate uh, between Joe Biden and President Trump. All right, we're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. History does have its eyes on us. Uh, we'll be right back. We're going to be joined by James Walner who's going to talk about the Amy Coney Barrett confirmation. All eyes on that, the constitutionality of it. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold.